As our text will take part of the scripture reading, Luke 19 will read just the first three verses. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. Most of us, I'm sure, or many of us here, are probably familiar with the account of Zacchaeus, especially if you were a kid who spent any time in Sunday school. He was a popular character in the New Testament, and a little song made up about him. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he, climbed up in a sycamore tree because the Lord he wanted to see. There's a lot more to this account than just a wee little man climbing up in a tree. You know, one of the first things we notice here is indicated in that third verse. It said he sought to see Jesus, who he was. You know, anyone who really desires to see the Lord can see the Lord. Of course, in this case, Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus physically, but we know of many times when we hear about people who've seen the Lord, and that's referring to a spiritual vision of Jesus. We know when a person is saved and their lives are transformed and they repent and they experience the power of God in their lives, they've seen the Lord. Paul prayed often that the eyes of the people's understanding would be open and they could see the Lord. We know that Jesus told Thomas that blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. So we know seeing the Lord for us means to get a spiritual vision of Jesus and that is possible for everyone even here today. Jeremiah 29.13 says, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. So we see Zacchaeus sought to see Jesus. I wondered what prompted Zacchaeus to want to see the Lord. It doesn't tell us, but I'm pretty sure part of that desire was based on what he had heard about the Lord. We don't know exactly what he heard about the Lord, but we can read the previous chapter. Jesus had picked up quite an entourage on his way there to Jericho. A lot of people were following him. And on the way, we know he healed blind Bartimaeus by the roadside begging as he called out and Jesus restored his sight to him. I don't know how quickly news traveled back in those days, but he may have heard of that account. You know, I like to think he heard about a very close follower of Christ, a man by the name of Matthew or Levi tells us earlier that Matthew, when Jesus called him, he said he was sitting at the receipt of customs. He was a publican, a tax collector, just like Zacchaeus. And yet Jesus came along and called him. Maybe that encouraged Zacchaeus. There could have been many things that he heard about Jesus that day, but we know something compelled him to want to see Jesus. It wasn't enough to hear about Jesus. He wanted to see Jesus for himself. Of course, in order to do that, in order to do that, he needed to get rid of some excuses that could have kept him from seeing the Lord. He could have been a very busy man. It says he was chief among the publicans. It could have been tax, te- tax season time when Jesus was passing by. We don't know, but he could have been very busy. Not only was he tax collector. He was the chief tax collector. 
Someone said he was the head of the RRS. That's the Roman Revenue Service. And he was the chief. He was the big boss. Well, the little big boss. Also says he was little of stature. He could have blamed his physical limitations on his inability to see the Lord. How many people have used that as an excuse for not serving the Lord? I'm not talented enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not well-spoken enough. I'm not creative enough. I'm not, I'm an introvert, not an extrovert. On and on the list could go. So often when we tell the Lord we can't, we're really telling the Lord we won't. But Zacchaeus could have used his physical limitations as an excuse to not seek the Lord. He could have blamed his circumstances. We know that as Jesus was passing by, there was a huge crowd following him. He could have looked at that crowd and become discouraged and thought, there's, there's no way I'm going to be able to see the Lord. How many people have used crowds as an excuse for not seeking the Lord? I talked to a man several years ago during a camp meeting. It was after a service and engaged him in a conversation. And he told me, he says, I'm under conviction. The Lord is dealing with me. I need to be saved. So I said, well, why don't you go down to the altar of prayer? I'll go with you. The Lord will save you. But he said, I can't do that. There's too many people here. People would see me. So sadly, tragically, so often people let circumstances, the crowd, whatever, discourage them from seeking the Lord. Well, of course, the thing that probably gets most people is getting past your past. A lot of people have a checkered past. And when they feel the Lord dealing with them and speaking to them, the first thing the old enemy is going to do, he's going to come along and just say, think about all of those things that you've done. There's no way the Lord could ever forgive you. And even if he forgives you, how you're never going to convince anybody else. Well, Zacchaeus had a very checkered past. The Bible doesn't tell us that specifically, but the fact that he was chief among the publicans says plenty right there. We know the reputation that the publicans had. They were tax collectors for the government of Rome, and they were despised and hated by their own people because they were sellouts to the Roman government. They not only collected taxes for Rome, but anything extra they could skim off the top or extort out of their own fellow man. They pocketed, and that's how many of them became rich. Zacchaeus was the chief of the publicans. You can imagine where that put him on a social stratus with his fellow man. He was hated and despised. He was a little man, little man with a big ego, no doubt, and probably a big chip on his shoulders. You know, as a kid growing up, particularly during my adolescent and preteen years, I was a little bit of a runt. And I had, actually, there was a time for about a year when my younger sister Marla was actually taller than I was. And that kind of bothered me. And I had a couple of very big friends. I think they were oversized. And they had a little nickname for me. I'm probably going to regret telling you this, but they called me Little Lambert or little L for short, no pun intended, but you know what I lacked in stature, I made up for in mouth and in bad attitude. Well, I think Zacchaeus was the same kind of a person. 
He was a vile little man. He had a shriveled up little heart and he spent his adult working life cheating his fellow man out of uh, extra money and extorting money from them. And he was just a miserable, unliked person. Made his way to the top, somehow kicked and clawed his way to the top of the chain there as far as tax collectors. Yet he was on the bottom rung in society because of his decisions and his choices and the way he treated his fellow man. So obviously... He had this thing in his past that he needed to overcome. Somebody once said, the next time the devil reminds you of your past, just remind him of his future. It's not very good for the devil. But that's one thing. The devil will come along and he'll try to tell you, there's no way you could be saved. No doubt he was probably saying all kinds of things to Zacchaeus, certainly in the eyes of his fellow man. He was the last candidate that would be likely for salvation. The Pharisees and scribes considered the publicans or the tax collectors as unclean, unsavable, right down there on the same level as the leper. So that's where he stood in society. So he had a lot to overcome to see the Lord that day. But we also know that seeking the Lord takes effort. Zacchaeus was willing to go to some extreme efforts to see the Lord. Verse 4 says, And he ran before and climbed up in a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. Zacchaeus had to break several social norms here to see Jesus. Tradition says that for a Jewish man to even run in public was considered undignified. Not that Zacchaeus cared about whatever people thought of him, but it said he ran before the crowd. And as a grown man to climb up in a tree. I can only imagine what people must have thought if they would have seen that. You don't think he had any business up in a tree unless he was an arborist or a tree trimmer or maybe a paramedic or somebody rescuing a kitten out of a tree. He had no business being up in that tree. I don't know what kind of physical condition he was in, but it took some effort to climb that tree. But he did it because he wanted to see Jesus. And you know, it says too, no doubt probably people thought it was even childish, but the Bible says unless we come like little children, we can't see the kingdom of heaven. So Zacchaeus was willing to make some efforts to see Jesus that day. It's also important to note that he was willing to put himself in a place where he knew the Lord would be. He knew Jesus would be passing by, so he intentionally put himself in a place, in a position where he could see the Lord. You know, when people begin to hunger and thirst after righteousness, they will go where they need to go to see the Lord. It doesn't necessarily mean a physical location. But when a person begins to humble themselves and when a person begins to see their need of the Lord and when a person begins to desire the Lord's help, That's where the Lord will be. The Bible says that the Lord, even though He's high and lifted up, He dwells among those that are a humble and a lowly heart. So that place for Zacchaeus was up at a tree on the roadside there in Jericho, but he was looking for the Lord. Well, when we truly begin to seek the Lord, the Lord takes notice. You know, Zacchaeus was on a mission that day to see the Lord, but we read that Jesus was also on a mission that day. He was there to seek out Zacchaeus. We think of this account as a 
as a sinner seeking the Savior, but it's just as much the Savior seeking the sinner. And we know when we begin to seek the Lord and search for the Lord, the Lord takes notice and He comes to where we are. It says, And when Jesus came to the place, He looked up and saw Him and said unto Him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. It said He came to the place where Zacchaeus was. You know, I've read many testimonies about people who found the Lord in some very unusual locations. Some have found the Lord on the roadside praying in their car. I heard about one man who found the Lord in a meat locker at work. Every time uh, he would seek the Lord, the bell would ring, he'd go out wait on the customer, and they'd go back into that meat locker and seek the Lord. Every opportunity he got, the Lord met him there in that meat locker. I think about the testimony of Brother Walter Cobb. This man was in prison for a long prison sentence. He had committed many crimes, including armed robbery and several other felonies, but somehow in the state penitentiary he had been saved and sanctified. And as he was seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit right there in prison, in his testimony he said there wasn't a lot of places to pray in prison, obviously, but he was hungry for the Lord and he had a job that he had been given to tend the warden's garden. And he said every chance he would get when he would be out there working in the garden, he'd duck behind the old garden shed there and he'd pour out his heart to the Lord. And it was there behind that garden shed that the Lord came down and filled him with the Holy Spirit right there in a state penitentiary because he was looking for the Lord. Let that be really a lesson and encouragement to all of us. Jesus knows exactly where you are today. The Lord knows if you're looking for Him, Jesus is looking for you. He tells us He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Certainly, Zacchaeus would have fit that category. We also notice here that Jesus called Zacchaeus by name. We don't have any previous Scriptures that say Jesus ever met Zacchaeus or that they had ever had any contact, and yet Jesus knew him by name, knew exactly where he was. This wasn't some random occurrence. This had all been orchestrated by God. And we know that Jesus was on a mission. He said, I must needs come to your house. So we know Jesus was seeking Zacchaeus as much as Zacchaeus was seeking the Lord. If you're here this morning and you're seeking the Lord, if you came with the intention and mind of making contact with Jesus, the Lord knows where you are. He knows your name. He knows the exact need of your heart. And He's looking for you this morning. The most important thing is we see how Zacchaeus responded when the Lord did call him. It says that when Jesus came to the place, He looked up and He saw him and said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must dwell at thy house. And it says, and he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. When the Lord knocks on our heart when the Spirit of the Lord calls after us. We want to make haste. We want to obey immediately. We don't know if we'll ever have another opportunity. It's a very dangerous thing when people trifle with the call of God when they think they can put it off or procrastinate. God help us. When God calls, we want to respond and we want to make haste. That means immediately, without delay. It says that he came down. 
Of course, we know that speaking physically, he had to come down out of that tree. But you know, he had to come down spiritually. He had to humble himself. There were a lot of sins on board in his old heart and life. And he had to be willing to admit those things. And in order for us to make contact with the Lord, we have to come down. We have to realize we're lost and undone. We are hopeless and helpless without Christ. But he was willing to do that. And it says he received him joyfully. You know, anytime we meet the Lord's conditions, anytime we get a hold of the Lord, we receive him joyfully. There's no greater joy in all the world than when we're saved and when we pray through to genuine salvation. I often think of that day when I got a hold of the Lord and just a few minutes before I was miserable and just a sick, miserable, uh, wretched little person, just like Zacchaeus. But the moment the Lord saved me, that all changed. I was rejoicing and thankful. I had a praise in my heart. That's what the Lord will do. We receive Him joyfully. You know, you contrast that to another account that we read about in just a few chapters previous to this one. We read about the account of the rich young ruler. He had a lot in common with Zacchaeus. They were both very wealthy. One man came by his wealth probably honestly, the other dishonestly. But we see the young man, when he heard that Jesus was passing by, came running. He was willing to go where Jesus was. It even indicates that he might have had some humility because one account says that he knelt before the Lord or bowed before the Lord. That's a good position to take before the Lord. But that's where the similarities end. It says that young man, when Jesus told him what he needed to do, he said he went away sorrowful. How sad. Missed his opportunity. Zacchaeus could have so easily ended up doing the same thing, but he seized the opportunity to answer when God called. We don't have any accounts or any recollections that that young ruler ever had another opportunity to pray or to be saved. And you know, God's Word is full of those who missed their opportunity, but I'm thankful we have accounts like this. Zacchaeus seized the opportunity to get a hold of the Lord. We know, too, that there were some obvious signs that Zacchaeus had received the Lord because of the actions that followed. It says that when they saw it, this is, of course, speaking about the scribes and Pharisees and the crowd around. It says they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. Can you imagine the scene that day? Here they are traveling through Jericho. Jesus is surrounded by all of these religious leaders and all of these VIPs, all of these important people. And he stops and he turns and he looks up at little old Zacchaeus, a man who was despised by his fellow man, the same type of person who these religious leaders said could never be saved, was hopeless. And he calls him by name, invites himself to come to Zacchaeus' house. And there was a change that took place in the heart of Zacchaeus. We don't read of any dialogue happening but something happened from the moment the Lord called him down till the time his feet hit the ground. There was a conversion that took place in his heart. And it says, And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, and you notice he called Jesus Lord. He didn't say Jesus. He called him Lord. He made Jesus his Lord in that moment. 
And he said, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. He was willing to go beyond and above what the law even required. Why the radical change? Because of what happened in his heart. The greatest proof, the greatest evidence that a person gets hold of the Lord is the actions that will follow. You know, it's interesting. Jesus didn't have to tell Zacchaeus about restitution. He didn't have to tell him what he needed to go to do to make things right. It was automatically in his heart. You know, when a person is genuinely saved, they don't have to wonder, well, what's the next step? You know, how long does it take for a person who is saved to get their act together? How about the same day? Zacchaeus, immediately he was changed and he began to confess things. He made himself accountable to those around him. I wonder if there were long lines the next day outside of Zacchaeus' house with people waiting for their refunds. I don't know. But we know Zacchaeus, he had a change, a transformation, and we know that the Lord further confirmed it when he said, this day is salvation come to this house for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. And this was what the Lord said. This is Jesus' mission statement, not just in this account, but even today. He says, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. If you're here this morning and you're in an unsaved condition, Jesus is looking for you. Don't worry about your past. If the Lord can save somebody like Zacchaeus, the Lord can certainly save you. The most important thing is how are you going to respond when the Lord calls you? You know, Zacchaeus seized the moment. That's really probably the most important thing to learn here. Hebrews 9.28, it tells us, Unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Jesus Christ is coming again. We know that. The signs of the times certainly point to that event. It could happen in a moment. It could happen before this service is even ended. We don't know when the last time will be. You don't know. If the Lord is calling after, you have no idea whether or not it may be the last time. I don't think Zacchaeus realized it. There's no way he probably could have, but this was the last time Jesus would be passing through Jericho because he was on his ultimate mission. He was going to Jerusalem to give his life on that cross, to be the Savior of the world, to pay the penalty for every sin. But he had one stop before he got there. That was in Jericho to go to Zacchaeus' house. And Zacchaeus seized the moment. We don't know. This may be the last time Jesus ever passes this way again. You know, one day it will be the last time. One day there will be no more opportunities to come to these altars and seek the Lord. We know when the Lord comes, the Spirit of the Lord will be taken out of this place. But today, today is the day. Now is the accepted time that the Lord is calling after you. Do like Zacchaeus. Make haste. Come. Swallow your pride, whatever it has to take. Go out on a limb like Zacchaeus did. If that means simply coming to the altar prayer, do it and God will reward you for those faithfulness, that effort. If you need to be sanctified, God can sanctify you today. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need a healing touch from the Lord. Just reach out in faith and God will reward that effort. Today, we're going to sing 489. These altars are open.